Okay, uh, good morning everybody. Now today I have a very special guest um, all the way from Los Angeles, California. I have Dr. Betty Price. She is the wife of uh, the late Frederick K.C. Price. Uh, let me tell you something about this couple. They built a ministry in Los Angeles, California and they also constructed, I believe at that time, it was the largest church in the United States. It was the 10,000 seat um, auditorium, uh, Pepperdine University's former campus. This ministry has been a part of my life personally since I was a teenager. And I say that because I really appreciated the teaching. I grew up in an environment where it was a Pentecostal church and there was a lot of preaching, uh, not as not as the, the teaching as coming from this ministry. And one of the things that I personally did myself and Dr. Betty and the rest of the staff doesn't know this is that I decided uh, when I moved out of the house and came down to the Washington, D.C. area, I was about 21 years old. And one of the things that I did myself personally, I would listen to the uh, broadcast. I even at that time had the catalog, which they would send in the mail. That's when everything was paper and not electronic. And I said, okay, let me study for myself, the best I know how, what Dr. Price is teaching, and let me see if this is in line or if it lines up with what I was taught growing up in my uh, uh, church environment at that time. And let me tell you this here, I could not find anything that was wrong. Actually, what I did find, I will say it was more balanced teaching and it was really something that I could add on to my learning my growth my faith because my church we uh, they taught a lot about healing things like that pastor price talked about uh, walking by faith how to apply your faith how faith works he talked about healing also he did series on the family things like that and his wife, Dr. Betty, I do remember um, listening to her a few times, and I did read her book about her overcoming cancer, and that that was, oh my gosh, um, that is something that was really monumental. I think that was about 30 years ago. We'll get into that, but um, this is just a little bit um, about uh, the ministry and Dr. Betty is here with us today. And Dr. Betty, I just want to welcome you. How are you today? I'm doing fine, thank you, and thank you for having me on. Oh, uh, thank you, thank you so much. Um, let's get into this because this is going to be more about you today, our conversation. And um, I just want you to encourage and just be yourself, you know, other mentors. Um, out there who may be listening, fathers as well. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, let me see. I came, I was born in Mississippi, 
wasn't on the map. I mean, I'm sure it's on the map, but anyway, it was a small town, but there was a lot of racial prejudice there, so we were forced to leave there. When I was 10 years old on the train coming to California with uh, 10 other brothers and sisters. Wow. Now, how old are you today? Yes. How old are you today? I am 89 today, so I've been out here uh, 79 years. (laughs) Wow. 89 years old. Well, let me ask you, um, can you tell us three women who've helped you um, in your life in the area of marriage, child raising, and ministry? And that's interesting. I had no help from any women. I, um, no one helped me with my marriage, raising my children, or my ministry. I just used the Word of God to help me through uh, all that I came through in this last 68 years when my husband and I were married. Wow. My husband and I I worked together for our successful marriage based on God's word because we didn't have anyone uh, that that we could use as an example. Okay. My mother worked, uh, she worked on a regular job, so she did a lot raising her children. But but anyway, I, I used the word of God because I wanted to receive Jesus Christ when I was young, like seven or eight years old. And so I just followed the word. And I, like I said, I didn't really see an example or nobody was there to help me, in other words. Sure, sure, sure. I understand that. I understand that. Oh, wow. So 68 years of marriage. Um, wow, a total of what, five children? Yes, five children. The one got killed when he was eight years old. Okay, okay. And, so I raised four. He was eight years old, yes. Yeah, so I, I raised four children, three girls and one boy. Okay, three girls and one boy. Wow. Well, can you tell us um, who or what encouraged you to extend grace and mercy to your husband when things were rough in the marriage? Uh, well, again, the Word of God. I had to believe God, and, and I, I, you know, can't always go by me. I, we... You know, my husband had a kind of temper-like, and he would uh, get upset about certain things, but I would spend my time fussing with him. I would just uh, talk to him and give him what I thought about what we were discussing, and if he didn't agree, then I wasn't going to fuss with him. i just say, I'm going to go talk to God. And i tell God, you go talk to him and let him know I'm right. But I'm not always right, but Okay, okay, okay. Wow. Um that's 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 good. Um because uh when I heard you speak um on Mother's Day, um I heard a lot of encouragement to married people, things like that. Um let me ask you this. If a person in a marriage is uh, or let me say it this way. If a person is not the head, man or woman, out in front, what are like five things people around them can do to to grow other leaders? Now, that's the one I wasn't sure I would uh, have 
have a good answer to that one. Let me see. That's uh, number three. Yes. Uh-huh. If a person is not the head person. Okay, the only thing I could think of is uh, find out what is needed in that ministry and look for people who have those qualities. And the people that were there were committed to the ministry. They would uh, talk to the different people and try to get them involved. Oh, wow. That's good. That's good. And you know what? I, I do believe in something I've learned myself. By doing that, what you just said, that takes pressure off of the leaders trying to do everything. Right. And then definitely pray. Yes. Everybody, everybody pray for the things that they need for their ministry. So that's the only thing I could think of. But find out what's needed. That's what we did when we first started our church found out someone was good in ushering and we had one of the top ushers that helped many people and uh and all the different uh helps that the church needs sure. for them okay okay now how should one deal with like competition and low self-esteem with someone who's uh like a leader in the ministry like or someone who's a micromanager well the thing that we have to do when someone is, you know, they're in competition or they have low self-esteem, we have to minister to them, letting them know that they don't need to compete or have low self-esteem. And, of course, you have to still do that by the Word of God and let them know what the Word of God says. Like, for instance, in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Let them know that the Word of God says the same thing to them as it says to uh, the people they feel to be in competition with or to or have low self-esteem. The Word of God says the same thing to them as it says to the ones that are not in competition. That's the main thing I think that's missing is people don't realize that God's Word is speaking to you, that it's alive, that it's relevant. So that's what's going on today. So let them know they have the same ability. Mm. That more than conquerors in Romans 8, 37, they're more than conquerors. First Peter 5, 7, casting all your care upon Him, for He cares for you. So He'll lead you and guide you. And that's what we have to teach them more than anything. Okay, so how how does one deal with this if it's the pastor who's the problem here? <laughs> the problem was you may either have to pray for him or or uh, I wouldn't know what else to teach the pastor. He'll end up hurting by not uh, being able to trust anybody else. Right, right, right. To work there with them. He'll hurt, he'll hurt himself and the ministry. True. And so I know there are some pastors like that. No, a lot of them in competition. But I've never, we've never had that experience here because uh, I guess it just didn't come our way to, to uh, be in competition. We've had, uh, we've had other ministers that uh, wanted other ministers to like them more than they liked us. Mm, so, okay. but, but that was their problem. My, right. we, we never, my husband never did, never did deal with competition okay okay that's good and that's you know that's something that i believe i kind of saw that from afar because i've never been to the church um i'll tell you this here the closest that i ever came to being close to you guys is and i was looking at this the other night about 23 years ago 23 24 years ago you came over to the East Coast, and your husband spoke at a church called 
from the Heart Ministries, Dr. Right. Cherry was the pastor. Right. And um, at that night when you spoke at his church, you also brought uh, Helen Baylor as a guest psalmist. Oh, okay. You got a good memory. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember that because um, at the time that was the church was located in Maryland. I lived in Virginia, and I think it was about uh, an hour ride definitely to get there. And there were so many people there that night that I wasn't even able to be in the main auditorium. I was in an overflow room watching everything mm-hmm. on the screen. Hmm. Yes. Interesting. Yeah, that was uh that was the closest and um there were I, I do remember the message. I remember even that night that at the end of the service when Dr. Price was praying for people and also I learned the lesson. Let me share this lesson because nobody else would know this. At the end, he had called for people to come who had either some type of bursitis, arthritis, or something like that. He said, God uses me in this area, and um, if you have this or you want prayer for this, come on up right now. I'm gonna, I'll pray for you, you want, for your healing. And he began to pray for people, and... As he went down the line, he stopped that one man in front of one man. I don't know if you remember this happened that night, but he stopped in one man in front of one man, and he asked the man, he said, well, why did you come? And the guy basically said, well, you know, I just came up here for prayer. He said, well, did you have any other things that I asked? The man said no. And then Dr. Price just turned and walked away and continued praying for other people. Oh, absolutely. And you know what? That, But that was something that I learned the lesson from because it showed me um, wisdom and being led by God and also praying for people at the time. He didn't embarrass the person, uh, you know, turned and walked away like, okay, well, you know, no. And uh, he just kept praying and, you know, that was that. So... That was something that, like I say, I learned from, and I don't know why it stuck with me so, but it just seemed like the Holy Spirit just taught me more lessons just from that one example there that I still remember to this day. Right, he was strict on following rules. He really was. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, um, let me ask you another question here. Um, As far as... Being a part of the ministry and something, oh, let me say this here, something that I'm waiting to see, and I guess this would fall on your son who's pastoring. Um, mm-hmm. I have your app. I have the different um, throwback memories he's shown of the ministry. One thing I would love to see, because I only caught two minutes of it when it actually happened, I believe it was the day you guys dedicated the Faith Dome. It seemed like the whole congregation was walking down the street. Right, yes. Walking walking across, yes. Yes. What year was that? Do you remember? 1989. Okay, okay, perfect, yeah. And that's when 
Yeah, I had just moved down to the Washington, D.C. area, and I could actually watch the broadcasting because it came on. But um, just explain um, what that day was like for you, uh, just you and your husband, or just you yourself walking down there to the building that Faith built. Oh, it was the most exciting day. I mean, because we had been out of the room. See, we had been out of the room for many, many years. Because we first bought a church. When we, my husband first got filled with the Holy Spirit and learned the principles of faith, the church, the little church that we were in only seated 158 people. And we crowded 300 people in that little church. They were in every area of the church, the kitchen, every other room. And so we needed another building. And God worked a miracle out for us to get a wonderful church uh, on a street called Crenshaw. That's where the name came from. Okay. It was a white church, and it was at that time during the white flight when blacks were moving in and whites were moving out. And they had not been that long built that church. It was a beautiful building. And it seemed that we could put in 1,400 people in there good, but we couldn't put in any more than that. We ended up having three services in less than three years. We were out of room. And so that's when we needed a, another building. And so uh, so that's why it was exciting when we finally built a building big enough to uh, you know to accommodate all the people. Sure. We had it running about 6,000 people then. And so my husband, uh, that's why he uh, ended up building the 10,000 seater, which we would, he said he never would have done it, you know, had we known now. You don't, you don't need to build according to the people that's coming because they're not going to always keep on coming. Right, okay. And so, so he said God didn't tell him to do that. He just did it based on the numbers of people that were crowding into the church. They used to come at 4 o'clock in the morning and stand in line to get in the 8 o'clock service. Oh, then wow. the 8 to the 10, then the 10 to the 12, 15. So, uh, so that's where the dome came from. But okay. we didn't need to build it that big. We found out later. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So my son's going to cut it down, and then he will just go back to, if it you know, gets overcrowded, he'll go back to doing two or three services. Sure. But, okay, okay. That's good to know. That's good to know. Okay. But that was an exciting day just to know we had <laughs> enough room to get all the people in. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, That and you know what? That was... Um, I'm glad that you guys recorded that to show just something that was done in the body of Christ and that it was out there so everyone can see it back then, but still now. That That is so important because that is an example of everyone seeing your faith, but also just a legacy that, you know, you built, which is for God. And that's that's really beautiful. No, it's wonderful. So we still will use the, the dome, though. We will uh, put other other uh, departments in it. So, yeah, okay. so you, you'll, be keep, you'll be following and keeping up with that. So that's what we're working on now. All right. In fact, if you look, if you look at it now, you'll see the stage already has changed. Yes, I've noticed that. We're doing little stuff. Okay, okay. Let me ask you this, this last question, because this has been beautiful. And I'll and you can take as much time as you want on this question, and just just share. At eighty nine years old, uh, Doctor Betty, what would the eighty nine year old say to the fifty year old uh, Betty Price if she could talk to her today? I would tell her to do the same thing that I've done all of my Christian life. 
Go by the word of God. God's word is alive, and God's word says everything that you need to live the overcoming and victorious life. So there's a word in God's word for everything you need. And so I would just say the same thing. I, in fact, I'm, I'm really puzzled at the way young people, when I do know what's going on, that they're not interested in church or, or so much of the spiritual stuff. And so many people, uh, you know, they say, I forgot, I'm like, there's 85% that so many people live together now and don't get married. So they, apparently they don't want to follow the word. See, I always believe in following the word of God. And as a result of that, from the time I left Mississippi, and I believe God, uh, I didn't, we went through temptations, trials, and tests. I did. But God brought into my life all these 89 years, everything that I have wanted. I have, I have no need of anything. So all I want to do now is help people where I can. I can help them with their marriage or help them, because I don't mind sharing, you know, the things that we went through, uh, you know, when we got, when we got started. Sure. And the marriage, marriages you have to work on, and you, you have to really, the key word in that is really forgiveness. And uh, if you can learn to do that and learn to uh, not get your feelings hurt and deal with uh, things that need to be dealt with, like situations where you may not agree with each other, like I said, you, you uh, tell them what you believe and then don't end up taking your time fussing and complaining, but move on and just give the situation to God. That's the way I've made it all these years. And God has brought everything into my life that I believe for. Every need is met. All I need to do now is I'll just spend this time doing what I'm doing with you, talking and helping with people. I just had a marriage uh, situation just before you called, just before we called you. Okay. And so I just help and tell them my own experiences. Like I say, people say, well, you know, they'll have reasons because maybe the husband is fussy or something. Or right, right. Temperamental, like my husband had a temper, so I had to learn how to deal with that. But I made rooms for myself. And one of the rooms was you do never hit me and you don't run around on me. Check your so out, you do that, you <laughs> can deal with everything else. But I had helped a lot of people. I know a young lady was going to get married. Now, this has been about 40 years ago. And she, uh, she was going to cancel her marriage just mm-hmm. because her husband at her bridal shower, he complained and yelled at her and she said her father had yelled at her all her life and she wasn't gonna marry no man who would be yelling at her say girl you're gonna miss your husband <laughs> i surprised yells so and she yelled and so uh, i wouldn't i think i would think twice before i just canceled the wedding she was gonna call my husband and tell him that the wedding was off because of that wow wow and then then there are people i'm dealing with now the ones i was talking about you know on the mother's day mm-hmm. uh message of a couple of ladies, they, it's hard for them to forgive. And I just say, well, God, if God forgives and God knows everything, God says he will not remember our sins anymore. He said that in two, two or three places in the Bible, but think about Hebrews 10, 16, I think that's the right verse, yeah, 10, 6, uh, 10, 17, where he says, I will not remember your sins or transgressions anymore. So if God doesn't remember them, why do you want to remember them? We have to be able to be like God. And see, the thing about it, God says he will not remember them, and yet God knows everything. So you know that he didn't forget them. He just chooses to forgive. And so that's what we have to do. We have to be like God. If we want to go through this life without, uh, you know, terrible problems and misunderstandings and all that, you can take the scripture and get through anything you need to get through. 
that you're faced with in this world. And so my key to all of it is find a scripture for what you need, and uh, you can get through whatever you need to do. Like in John 15, 5, where Jesus says, without me, you can do nothing. So that means with him, you can do all things that you need to do. I mean, you can't do everything. Right. Uh, stuff that's wrong, but he's talking about anything you need to do, you can do it if you have him. And then he has all power and gave the power to the church. We have all power. And then Jesus has a name above every name. So don't you want to be hooked up with somebody who has a name above every name? So that's how I made it. Because I know Jesus is stronger than any, stronger than my husband, stronger than any negative thing that could come against me. But you're going to go through the temptation trials and tests because you will have them. Because James chapter two, verse one, uh, chapter one, verse two, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations, trials, or tests. He didn't say that it was joy. Count it all joy means to act like it's joy. He right. says count it all joy when you fall into temptations, trials, and tests, knowing this. You have to know this that the trying and proving of your faith work in patience. But it says that let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. So that's how I made it all these years. I find a scripture for what I need, and I have to go through the temptation, trials, and tests, but I know I'm coming out because God is with me. He said, he'll never leave me nor forsake me. And I believe it. That's all we have to do is believe what God says. And now you will live a wonderful, victorious, overcoming life. Wow. Well, I tell you guys, you, you just heard it from, from Dr. Betty, 89 years old. She just gave you the answer right there. Um, finding the scripture that pertains to that area of life that you're dealing with and your situation. And wow, I, I tell you, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Dr. Betty, uh, something you said about, you know, deciding not to argue, leaving your spouse in the hands of God. I personally say myself is that a lot of times I've learned that when I do that, when I do my part and get out of God's way, I'd rather have him on my side than me working against him. That's a better deal. That's so true. That's a good one. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> I've been listening and learning. <laughs> okay, I love it. <laughs> wow. So I, I tell you, um, I, I thank you because one of the reasons why I, I really wanted to speak to you, and I never even thought this would ever happen, um, but the thing, when you spoke on Mother's Day, one thing that just came, jumped out at me was today we are living in a day strongly where feminism is destroying a lot of marriages. Right, true. That's true. And you talked about marriage and things like that. And I really believe, uh, yes... As believers, we are supposed to not only live our lives according to the Word of God, but we also have to be very discerning of the enemy because fads come up all the time. But again, when you have uh, uh, roles changing in the house, such as, let's say, the wife makes more money than the husband, and this is something I've taught on um, on on some of my podcasts. Is there's nothing wrong with that? You know, if she's making more. However, you know that does not mean that we flip the roles in the house 
of leadership. No, right. And because God has made the man the head. Yes, yes. And that's, you know, that's something that some, I've spoken to many and they find that so hard to understand where, you know, I really believe is demonic because it goes from, okay, I make more money, I don't need a man, and, you know, I'm living my best life now. And I'm like, well, wait a minute, we're supposed to be building families for the kingdom of God, showing examples, and, you know, hey, you may not be making most of the money your whole life, so, you know, you want family, and you want to leave a legacy, and as you said, you've been married for over 66 years. Um, 68. 68, I stand corrected, y'all, 68 years, so, um, wow, you know, I that's something that, again, it, it's sad to see. I don't want us to lose that in the body of Christ as an example. No, well, it's really demonic because the enemy is about uh, messing with families now. They won't have a father in the home. And so all of that is part of the enemy. We're living in the last days and all kinds of stuff like that is happening. But a person that's committed to Christ, wouldn't. it wouldn't matter if the wife was making more right. because they're supposed to be one. So they're supposed to get together on whatever is needed in the house and whatever is best. So if they allow the enemy to come in and, and, uh, and she thinks that, you know, because she is making more money, they, she's not really listening to God because when she marries, she's, uh, she has to do it the way God says. The man is the head of the woman. Exactly. And, and as, uh, you have to sit, submit to her husband as unto Christ. Now, if he's not doing it uh, like Christ would, then that's a different story. But right. uh, in, the, in, the main, in the meantime, what's going on is that these last days are pouring in and people are doing all kinds of very terrible demonic stuff. Because oh, absolutely. Time is, his time is, getting, is coming to an end. And so we just have to keep teaching the Word and letting them know that the Word of God is relevant. The Word of God is the same, has the same power. And if they, everybody would abide by that, which they're not, but we pray for them. I just pray for the church. I, I do too, and, and you're so right. Um, look, uh, the old folks used to say holiness is right. <laughs> That's right. I believe in that. Oh, yes. It never stop. Never stop. <laughs> And today, folks, let me tell you, if you're single, married, divorced, uh, single parent, if you're going to be victorious in your life as a believer, you have to learn to walk by faith and not by sight. What do I mean by that? That's it. I simply, That's it. Yes, because we, if I always live my life according to what I see, I'm going to be back and forth all over the place. Right, you got it. That's it. Walk by faith and not by sight, and that means walking by the word and not by what you see or what you can feel or what you can understand. They do that, they'll come out on top. Wow. Dr. Betty, we're going to end it right here, and I I just want to say thank you. Thank you to the family, uh, to your assistants, everyone who made this thing possible. Um, Mainly you, you, me. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Wow. Uh, just thank you so much. Um, you are so welcome, Travis. It was wonderful talking with you. And uh, anyway, any kind of way I can, you think I can help with you, just feel free. 
Thank you so much. I appreciate you, and um, you enjoy the rest of your day. Okay, thank you, and love you, and keep up the good work. Thank you, thank you. Talk to okay. you later. Bye-bye. Love you, too. Bye-bye.